Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. It's Tuesday, May 4th. <sighs> May the 4th be with you. That just popped into my brain. I watch a lot of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I don't really care about Star Wars like that. Um, in fact, for me, uh, there are only three Star Wars movies, and they happened a long, long time ago. Uh, Star Wars, the first one, which is now, I think, the, I don't know, they changed it, whatever. Um, But Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi are the only three Star Wars movies that matter to me. So I don't know anything about, you know, May the Fourth be with you and all the new ones and uh, stuff like that. Um, And my favorite, I think, is Empire. I think Empire Strikes Back was my favorite one. I actually went back to the theater in the 2000s to watch that one. Um, But yeah, anyway, we are moving through May. Um, Spring is here. I'm a grass cutting machine. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I haven't mowed grass in years, decades. But I do feel good about uh, the lawn. You know, it needs love, but... When I look at it, I have a lot of pride and I got the stuff I'm going to spray on it and make it grow. Uh, I got to plant some seeds, you know, so I'm kind of into it. Um, But yeah, I if I get the house of my dreams, I'm hiring somebody because that's that would be not only a large yard. But if I have the house of my dreams, I'm working and will not be able to cut grass like that. (laughs) So those are my goals. Um. Yeah, I was uh, just thinking, again, that Tenet movie, if someone has any ideas of what it was about, great. Um, I just, I, I don't understand. Chris Nolan makes some very, Christopher Nolan makes some very uh, confusing movies to me. And he's what I consider like a, a real artist because it's so artistic. Yeah, I mean, you need to like study things to understand what's happening. If that's your jam, enjoy. I know my nephew loves Christopher Nolan movies. Me personally, I'm like, what am I watching? Um, yeah, I mean, today is uh, pretty good. Yesterday, I got my energy back. Um, Sunday, my joy just never found me. Yesterday was a good day. Um, working on some interesting things and just was energized. You know, I didn't really have a ton of energy on Sunday. Um and that used to happen to me all the time because what I used to do is I'd give away all my energy and I'd never get it back. You know, if you rely on other people to return your energy, you're going to be really, really disappointed and you're going to be drained all the time because if you're trying to be all things to all people and you listen to all their problems and you help everybody, that's great. Except when it comes time for you, you know, to energize and, and get some of that back. I mean, it's crickets. So you can't get your energy from other people, but you also can't give all your energy to other people. I think that's an important distinction to make. Um, And so you have to take time. That's why I meditate. And that's why I say yes more than I ever have. But I also say no. Also, there's just you can't do everything and you can't be all things to all people. And you will harm yourself trying to do that. You know, because I've found that once people realize you're going to, whether it's at work or in your personal life, whether you're in a relationship, 
with this person or if they're just your best friend, whatever it is, if someone figures out that you say yes to something, they will keep asking. You know, they'll overwork you. They'll over ask you. They'll just use you up if you allow them to. So, you know, you got to learn healthy boundaries Um, and you're going to hurt people's feelings. But at some point, you just got to put yourself first. And, um, you know, my plate is very, very, very full. So it's really easy for me not to entertain anything. I don't have time. I chances are I have forgotten whatever it is before you can even really discuss it again, because, you know, you can be mad about it, but I just don't have time to think about it. I mean, you know, I have to live my life the way the easiest way for me. I'm looking for the path path of least resistance. So a lot of times I'm just doing things that are easier for me. Uh, If that doesn't work for you, then ask somebody else. (laughs) You know, Uh, that's just where I am. So anyway, uh, what was I thinking about? So uh, as I finished my meditation, I was thinking about. You know, I know a lot of younger people listen to this podcast. Uh, I have a good mix, actually. And finally, it's half and half, half men, half women. Before, it was mostly men, which I found fascinating. Um, And I have a good age range between like 17 and 65 or something like that. Um, So, you know, this is the people's podcast. This is for everybody. Um, But I was thinking about when I was getting ready to go to high school, you know, I had an eighth grade teacher and I know I've shared this story, but my eighth grade teacher basically told me I wasn't smart enough to go to the high school I wanted to go to, but all my friends were going and, you know, my mom wasn't that mom. She believed the teacher all the time. But in this instance, she was like, who cares what she thinks? You know, we both were in agreement and that just rarely happened. And so I was a little discouraged at first. (laughs) Then I was like, Hey, you know, I don't care what she thinks. And my mom was like, I want you to go there too. So I got in and, uh, you know, it was a very, very competitive environment. We were on a five points grading scale, you know, and we were all separated by these tiny fractions. Uh, and you know, it was only like 90 people in my graduating class. And I was at the bottom of that class. You know, I, I, these were some very, very sharp girls. It was all girls Catholic school. And I was like, dude, you know, and yeah, it was just, you know, I think my parents were divorcing. It was just a lot going on. So school was what it was. And I I did well uh, in subjects that I liked. <laughs> and I would have been a model student and one of the higher students at another school. Certainly uh, some of the schools I'm thinking of, I would have been in the top of the class, but that was fine. And, uh, stick with me kids. So when, when I graduated, uh, you know, I, I backed into Howard. I wanted to go to college. I knew I was going away to college. I was using high school completely to just get out of town. I wanted out and I wanted to be far enough away where my parents wouldn't just pop up like surprise. They'd have to let me know they were coming. And, uh, I just needed to be away. And so I was going to go to University of Kansas. I know. And then I had a cousin who was like, you can't go there until you visit Howard. If you visit Howard and you still want to go to Kansas, that's one thing. But you can't go there without seeing Howard. So I visited Howard. It was love. I was like, this is awesome. It, it just, it was just awesome. So anyway, I went there 
I I came home and I uh, applied late. I was late. (laughs) So I got in and, um, you know, moral of the story. So here we go. I'm walking around campus. I'm trying to pick my major. And I, you know, I'm struggling because I don't want to take swimming. If you're a liberal arts major at Howard back then, and maybe still, you have to take swimming. And I'm like, I don't want to be wet in the middle of the day. I'm 17. I don't want to do that. So um, I was like, what else you got? So I found school of communications, found film. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go, go down, you know, it's still on campus, but I'm going to leave the yard and go down there and to school of C and sign up for film. I'm now a film major. All of this is random. You guys, that's my point. I had no plan or strategy. My parents were there a few days to help me get settled. And then they left me. My dad left me with a tuition check and I had a a catalog. Back in the day, you had to get a catalog of classes, stick as shit, and you had to figure out your major. So I declared my major to be radio, TV, and film and a minor in English. And, uh, Here's where it gets interesting. So I sign up and it's awesome. I love film stuff. I'm looking through that catalog and I'm like, oh, this is dope. This is everything that I'm interested in. Writing, there's screenwriting classes, there's cinematography classes, there's, um, you know, filmmaking classes, all this film theory stuff. I was like, this is dope. I love movies. So we get to the end of the semester and, uh, you know, I'm talking to my counselor. Actually, we get to the end of the semester. I go home because, like I told you, I was kind of on the fence about Howard. I was kind of like, I don't know if I like this, but I spent Christmas break missing my friends. And I was like, OK, I'm, I'm in. It's love. So I get back in January and I'm talking to my counselor in the school of C, you know, making sure my classes are all squared away. And she goes, oh, it looks like you made the dean's list. And I was like, oh, my God please, like, don't tell my parents. And she was like, no, no, this was, no, this was before Christmas. It was before Christmas. Um, she, she goes, uh, cause I was getting set up for the next, uh, it was before Christmas break. So I was getting set up for the next semester and she was like, Oh, looks like you made the dean's list. And I was like, Oh my God, please don't tell my dad. Cause he had given me like the super serious lecture, uh, about, you know, getting into trouble at school. And he, she was like, no, no, it's a good list. It means you had a 3.2 GPA or above. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, you can tell them this. She was like, oh, we're going to send a certificate in the mail. She was like, you had an outstanding semester. And I was like, oh, okay. Moral of the story. I backed into all of that. All of that that I just told you about my senior year, all of that was in 19. Uh, I don't need to put the year out there because it just makes me sound so old. But that was all in one year. Right. And so March, I go visit Howard and decide I got to go there (laughs) by uh, I had a really craptastic summer job. Oh, I hated that job. Uh, Terry Lanton got me into that job and she was like, let's all work at the Muni. So we all applied to the Muni and she's the only one that doesn't get it. And I'm walking around. The Muni is this outdoor theater. St. Louis has hot summers. And I'm out there walking around trying to sell lemonade in the heat of St. Louis. Oh, that was horrible. I didn't make that much money. My dad used to laugh at my checks. Um, He would cash them out of his pocket. He just thought that was hilarious. Um, 
And so I did that over the summer, bought myself some clothes and some school supplies and stuff. Then we get to uh, campus in August of that same year. I graduated high school, uh, worked that terrible summer job, um, get to campus. And, you know, I had low self-esteem. I left a high school where I was, you know, one of the bottom in the class. Granted, it was a very exceptional class, but still. Then I get to college and there's the lady's like, oh, you're doing great. Da, da, da. I mean, I housed it. I went to college and I did very, very well the whole time I was there. Now, spring, I struggled. I made the dean's list like once <laughs> in the spring semesters because it got nice outside. And then when it gets nice outside, it's harder to go to class. Um, that's not a good habit but I'm not a perfect person. So anyway, the moral of the story, kids, life is pretty random. All of that is random. And it feels designed for me now because I'm sitting here. I do my podcast every morning in front of a a poster from the Austin Film Festival. Um, And it's just about, uh, you know, screenwriting and making movies. And I've had this up here for years and years. Uh, And... I just noticed it this morning. And while that was never really the path I thought I was going to be on, consciously, it was the only path for me. It found me, all of it. And uh, I had a great experience at Howard. I made great friends. I My film professors were awesome. I loved, I finished all my major classes by almost the end of my junior year. I only had one, one major class left because I just loved that curriculum so much. So at the end of the day, so much of your life is going to be random. So much of what you thought you were planning to do or wanting to do, you may or may not actually do. (laughs) You know, some of it is just you make these decisions. And this is part of what I'm talking about with accountability. Had it not worked out, had it not been the perfect major for me, I would have to be accountable for that. I'd have to say, hey, I you know, didn't have a plan and I stumbled into film. I hate film. Let me move on to something else. That's where accountability comes in. And people think that's not a big deal, but you're making choices every day, every second. You have to be aware of how you process information. You have to be aware of how you choose things. And a big part of the way your life looks is due to how you make decisions, whether you give it a lot of thought or none. Things are going to happen whether you are consciously aware of what you're doing or not. So you have to pay attention and you get to choose, you know, and so you have to be held accountable for the things that you've chosen correctly that work for you, that feel great. And in the same breath, you have to be held accountable for the things that are awful and the things that you don't like and the things you wish you could change. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying beat yourself up about it, but. Don't absolve responsibility for your life because you feel like you're the victim of something. That's all I'm saying. This over victimization is crazy. If I had let that lady tell me that I was basically too dumb to go to my school of choice, you know, she just she told me I wasn't smart enough. They want the cream of the crop and you're not the cream of the crop is what she said after she told me I wasn't smart enough. If I had let that mean anything to me, you know, now it's just a chip on my shoulder, a very old chip, but a chip nonetheless, because 
this was somebody I looked up to and I thought she knew me. She was watching me every day in school for years. And, you know, for her to say something like that to me, you know, somebody at first I rationalized it like, oh, she was trying to motivate me or whatever. But no, she really thought that. And she was wrong, dead ass wrong. And so, you know what? You just have to make choices and live your life a certain way. A different type of person might have listened to her and wound up on a whole different trajectory in life. You know, but it hardly matters. You got to do what you think is best for you. And the good thing is you you can change. You can change your mind. You This whole idea that you got to have it all figured out by 17 or 18 is goofy. It just really is. There are a lot of things that you love at 17 that you might hate at 35. Who knows? You know, I used to eat McDonald's. I don't eat that now. So anyway, that's my uh, lesson for the day. Just go where where it feels right. You know, if it feels good, do it. If it feels not good, don't do it. And don't wait for other people's approval for everything. Even your parents. You know, some things you just got to figure out on your own and you're capable of doing that and you're going to have to do that (laughs) for the rest of your life, you know, and sometimes you're going to have to chalk it up as an L. You're not going to win everything. You know, some things are going to feel wrong and you're going to know it was wrong and you're going to wish you hadn't done that. Just try to limit those mistakes. I used to tell my nephew, like, just try to not make the kind of mistakes that, you know, you can't get out of. You know, don't make a bunch of kids you can't afford. Don't, uh, you know, get yourself hemmed up in bad situations. You know, you hang out with drug dealers, chances are you probably going to get pinched for selling drugs, whether you sell drugs or not. You know, you're going to see things you're not supposed to see. So don't hang out with people like that, you know. So anyway, that's the moral of that story. Go where the day takes you. And uh, if it doesn't feel right, turn around and go another direction. You can do that. People don't like change, but change is inevitable. And I think I think I've decided I'm going to stop using just change. Don't just change your life. Improve your life. Changing your life can can mean a lot of different things. I think a lot of people have charged into something trying to change it. And we just assume they're trying to improve it. And they may or may not be doing that, actually. So let's change the word we use see what I did there and talk about improving things making things better not just for you but for everybody you know so anyway that is my thought today walking down memory lane a lot of uh, my friends listen to this so yeah and and a lot of people didn't know uh, my process of going to Howard (laughs) you know I'm sure a lot of people thought it was like it's a lifelong dream but it wasn't it really wasn't. <laughs> I had family there, but I really wasn't thinking about it like that. I just wanted out of high school and out of St. Louis. And uh, yeah, there you go. All right, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful day. Do your best and absolutely be your best. Thank you for listening.
wanna be, wanna be, wanna be Everything you need, everything you need Pick up 